Part two of Lesser Hippias by Plato, translated by Benjamin Jowett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Johnson. Persons of the Dialogue, Eutychus, Socrates, Hippias. Eutychus, why are you silent, Socrates? After the magnificent display which Hippias has been making. Why do you not either refute his words, if he seems to you to have been wrong in any point, or join with us in commending him? There is the more reason why you should speak, because we are now alone, and the audience is confined to those who may fairly claim to take part in a philosophical discussion. Socrates. I should greatly like, Eutychus, to ask Hippias the meaning of what he was saying just now about Homer. I have heard your father, Apimantus, declare that the Iliad of Homer is a finer poem than the Odyssey, in the same degree that Achilles was a better man than Odysseus. Odysseus, he would say, is the central figure of the one poem and Achilles of the other. Now, I should like to know, if Hippias has no objection to tell me, what he thinks about these two heroes and which of them he maintains to be the better. He has already told us, in the course of his exhibition, many things of various kinds about Homer and diverse other poets. Eutychus, I am sure that Hippias will be delighted to answer anything which you would like to ask. Tell me, Hippias, if Socrates asks you a question, will you answer him? Hippias, indeed, Eutychus, I should be strangely inconsistent if I refused to answer Socrates, when at each Olympic festival, as I went up from my house at Elis to the temple of Olympia, where all the Hellenes were assembled, I continually professed my willingness to perform any of the exhibitions which I had prepared, and to answer any questions which anyone had to ask. Socrates, truly Hippias, you are to be congratulated if at every olympic festival you have such an encouraging opinion of your own wisdom when you go up to the temple i doubt whether any muscular hero would be so fearless and confident in offering his body to the combat at olympia as you are in offering your mind hippias and with good reason socrates for since the day when i first entered the lists at olympia I have never found any man who was my superior in anything. Parentheses, compare Gorgias. End of parentheses. Socrates, what an ornament, Hippias, will the reputation of your wisdom be to the city of Elis and to your parents? But to return, what say you of Odysseus and Achilles? Which is the better of the two? and in what particular does either surpass the other for when you were exhibiting and there was company in the room though i could not follow you i did not like to ask what you meant because a crowd of people were present and i was afraid that the question might interrupt your exhibition but now that there are not so many of us and my friend eutychus bids me ask i wish you would tell me what you were saying about these two heroes so that I may clearly understand, how did you distinguish them? Hippias, I shall have much pleasure, Socrates, 
in explaining to you more clearly than I could in public my views about these and also about other heroes. I say that Homer intended Achilles to be the bravest of the men who went to Troy, Nestor the wisest, and Odysseus the wiliest. Socrates, O rare Hippias, will you be so good as not to laugh? if i find a difficulty in following you and repeat my questions several times over please to answer me kindly and gently hippias i should be greatly ashamed of myself socrates if i who teach others and take money of them could not when i was asked by you answer in a civil and agreeable manner socrates thank you the fact is that I seem to understand what you meant when you said that the poet intended Achilles to be the bravest of men, and also that he intended Nestor to be the wisest. But when you said that he meant Odysseus to be the wiliest, I must confess that I could not understand what you were saying. Will you tell me, and then I shall perhaps understand you better, has not Homer made Achilles wily? Hippias certainly not socrates he is the most straightforward of mankind and when homer introduces them talking with one another in the passage called the prayers achilles is supposed by the poet to say to odysseus son of laertes sprung from heaven crafty odysseus i will speak out plainly the word which i intend to carry out in act and which will i believe be accomplished for I hate him like the gates of death, who thinks one thing and says another, but I will speak that which shall be accomplished. Now, in these verses he clearly indicates the character of the two men. He shows Achilles to be true and simple, and Odysseus to be wily and false. For he supposes Achilles to be addressing Odysseus in these lines. Socrates, now Hippias, I think that i understand your meaning when you say that odysseus is wily you clearly mean that he is false hippias exactly so socrates it is the character of odysseus as he is represented by homer in many passages both of the iliad and odyssey socrates and homer must be presumed to have meant that the true man is not the same as the false hippias of course socrates Socrates, and is that your own opinion, Hippias? Hippias, certainly, how can I have any other? Socrates, well then, as there is no possibility of asking Homer what he meant in these verses of his, let us leave him. But as you show a willingness to take up his cause, and your opinion agrees with what you declare to be his, will you answer on behalf of yourself and him? hippias i will ask shortly anything which you like socrates do you say that the false like the sick have no power to do things or that they have the power to do things hippias i should say that they have power to do many things and in particular to deceive mankind socrates then according to you they are both powerful and wily are they not hippias yes socrates and are they wily 
and do they deceive by reason of their simplicity and folly or by reason of their cunning and a certain sort of prudence hippias by reason of their cunning and prudence most certainly socrates then they are prudent i suppose hippias so they are very socrates and if they are prudent do they know or do they not know what they do hippias of course they know very well and that is why they do mischief to others socrates and having this knowledge are they ignorant or are they wise hippias wise certainly at least in so far as they can deceive socrates stop and let us recall to mind what you are saying are you not saying that the false are powerful and prudent and knowing and wise in those things about which they are false hippias to be sure socrates and the true differ from the false the true and the false are the very opposite of each other hippias that is my view socrates then according to your view it would seem that the false are to be ranked in the class of the powerful and wise hippias assuredly socrates and when you say that the false are powerful and wise in so far as they are false do you mean that they have or have not the power of uttering their falsehoods if they like hippias i mean to say that they have the power socrates in a word then the false are they who are wise and have the power to speak falsely hippias yes socrates then a man who has not the power of speaking falsely and is ignorant cannot be false hippias you are right socrates and every man has power who does that which he wishes at the time when he wishes i am not speaking of any special case in which he is prevented by disease or something of that sort but i am speaking generally as i might say of you that you are able to write my name when you like would you not call a man able who could do that hippias yes socrates and tell me hippias are you not a skilful calculator and arithmetician hippias yes socrates assuredly i am socrates and if some one were to ask you what is the sum of three multiplied by seven hundred you would tell him the true answer in a moment if you pleased hippias certainly i should socrates is not that because you are the wisest and ablest of men in these matters hippias yes socrates and being as you are the wisest and ablest of men in these matters of calculation are you not also the best hippias to be sure socrates i am the best socrates and therefore you would be the most able to tell the truth about these matters would you not hippias yes i should socrates and could you speak falsehoods about them equally well i must beg hippias that you will answer me with the same frankness and magnanimity which has hitherto characterized you if a person were to ask you what is the sum of three multiplied by seven hundred would not you be the best and most consistent teller of a falsehood 
having always the power of speaking falsely as you have of speaking truly about these same matters if you wanted to tell a falsehood and not to answer truly would the ignorant man be better able to tell a falsehood in matters of calculation than you would be if you chose might he not sometimes stumble upon the truth when he wanted to tell a lie because he did not know whereas you who are the wise man if you wanted to tell a lie would always and consistently lie hippias yes there you are quite right socrates does the false man tell lies about other things but not about number or when he is making a calculation hippias to be sure he would tell as many lies about number as about other things socrates then may we further assume hippias that there are men who are false about calculation and number hippias yes socrates who can they be for you have already admitted that he who is false must have the ability to be false you said as you will remember that he who is unable to be false will not be false hippias yes i remember it was so said socrates and were you not yourself just now shown to be best able to speak falsely about calculation hippias yes that was another thing which was said socrates and are you not likewise said to speak truly about calculation hippias certainly socrates then the same person is able to speak both falsely and truly about calculation and that person is he who is good at calculation the arithmetician hippias yes socrates who then hippias is discovered to be false at calculation is he not the good man for the good man is the able man and he is the true man hippias that is evident socrates do you not see then that the same man is false and also true about the same matters and the true man is not a whit better than the false for indeed he is the same with him and not the very opposite as you were just now imagining hippias not in that instance clearly socrates shall we examine other instances hippias certainly if you are disposed socrates are you not also skilled in geometry hippias i am socrates well and does not the same hold in that science also is not the same person best able to speak falsely or to speak truly about diagrams and he is the geometrician hippias yes socrates he and no one else is good at it hippias yes he and no one else socrates then the good and wise geometer has this double power in the highest degree and if there be a man who is false about diagrams the good man will be he for he is able to be false whereas the bad is unable and for this reason is not false as has been admitted hippias true socrates once more let us examine a third case that of the astronomer in whose art again you hippias profess to be a still greater proficient than in the preceding do you not hippias yes i am socrates 
and does not the same hold of astronomy hippias true socrates socrates and in astronomy too if any man be able to speak falsely he will be the good astronomer but he who is not able will not speak falsely for he has no knowledge hippias clearly not socrates then in astronomy also the same man will be true and false hippias it would seem so socrates and now hippias consider the question at large about all the sciences and see whether the same principle does not always hold i know that in most arts you are the wisest of men as i have heard you boasting in the agora at the tables of the money-changers when you were setting forth the great and enviable stores of your wisdom and you said that upon one occasion when you went to the olympic games all that you had on your person was made by yourself you began with your ring which was of your own workmanship and you said that you could engrave rings and you had another seal which was also of your own workmanship and a strigil and an oil flask which you had made yourself you said also that you had made the shoes which you had on your feet and the cloak and the short tunic but what appeared to us all most extraordinary and a proof of singular art was the girdle of your tunic which you said was as fine as the most costly persian fabric and of your own weaving moreover you told us that you had brought with you poems epic tragic and dithyrambic as well as prose writings of the most various kinds and you said that your skill was also pre-eminent in the arts which i was just now mentioning and in the true principles of rhythm and harmony and of orthography and if i remember rightly there were a great many other accomplishments in which you excelled i have forgotten to mention your art of memory which you regard as your special glory and i dare say that i have forgotten many other things but as i was saying only look to your own arts and there are plenty of them and to those of others and tell me having regard to the admissions which you and i have made whether you discover any department of art or any description of wisdom or cunning whichever name you use in which the true and false are different and not the same tell me if you can of any but you cannot hippias not without consideration socrates socrates nor will consideration help you hippias as i believe but then if i am right remember what the consequence will be hippias i do not know what you mean socrates socrates i suppose that you are not using your art of memory doubtless because you think that such an accomplishment is not needed on the present occasion i will therefore remind you of what you were saying were you not saying that achilles was a true man and odysseus false and wily hippias i was socrates and now do you perceive that the same person has turned out to be false as well as true if odysseus is false he is also true and if achilles is true he is also false and so the two men are not opposed to one another but they are alike hippias 
O Socrates, you are always weaving the meshes of an argument, selecting the most difficult point, and fastening upon details instead of grappling with the matter in hand as a whole. Come now, and I will demonstrate to you, if you will allow me, by many satisfactory proofs, that Homer has made Achilles a better man than Odysseus, and a truthful man too, and that he has made the other crafty, and a teller of many untruths, and inferior to Achilles. And then, if you please, you shall make a speech on the other side, in order to prove that Odysseus is the better man, and this may be compared to mine, and then the company will know which of us is the better speaker. Socrates, O Hippias, I do not doubt that you are wiser than I am, but I have a way, when anybody else says anything, of giving close attention to him, especially if the speaker appears to me to be a wise man. Having a desire to understand, I question him, and I examine and analyze, and put together what he says, in order that I may understand. But if the speaker appears to me to be a poor hand, I do not interrogate him, or trouble myself about him, and you may know by this who they are whom I deem to be wise men, for you will see that when I am talking with a wise man, I am very attentive to what he says, and I ask questions of him, in order that I may learn, and be improved by him. And I could not help remarking, while you were speaking, that when you recited the verses in which Achilles, as you argued, attacks Odysseus as a deceiver, that you must be strangely mistaken, because Odysseus, the man of wiles, is never found to tell a lie, but Achilles is found to be wily on your own showing. At any rate, he speaks falsely, for first he utters these words, which you just now repeated. He is hateful to me even as the gates of death, who thinks one thing and says another. And then he says, a little while afterwards, he will not be persuaded by Odysseus and Agamemnon, neither will he remain at Troy, but says he, Tomorrow, when I have offered sacrifices to Zeus and all the gods, having loaded my ships well, I will drag them down into the deep, and then you shall see, if you have a mind, and if such things are a care to you, early in the morning my ships sailing over the fishy Hellespont, and my men eagerly plying the oar, and, if the illustrious shaker of the earth gives me a good voyage, on the third day I shall reach the fertile Thaya. And before that, when he was reviling Agamemnon, he said, And now to Thaya I will go, since to return home in the beaked ships is far better, nor am I inclined to stay here in dishonour and amass wealth and riches for you. But although on that occasion, in the presence of the whole army, he spoke after this fashion, and on the other occasion to his companions, he appears never to have made any preparation or attempt to draw down the ships, as if he had the least intention of sailing home. So nobly regardless was he of the truth. Now I, Hippias, originally asked you the question, because I was in doubt as to which of the two heroes was intended by the poet to be the best, and because I thought that both of them were the best, 
and that it would be difficult to decide which was the better of them not only in respect of truth and falsehood but of virtue generally for even in this matter of speaking the truth they are much upon a par hippias there you are wrong socrates for in so far as achilles speaks falsely the falsehood is obviously unintentional he is compelled against his will to remain and rescue the army in their misfortune but when odysseus speaks falsely he is voluntarily and intentionally false socrates you sweet hippias like odysseus are a deceiver yourself hippias certainly not socrates what makes you say so socrates because you say that achilles does not speak falsely from design when he is not only a deceiver but besides being a braggart in homer's description of him is so cunning and so far superior to odysseus in lying and pretending that he dares to contradict himself and odysseus does not find him out at any rate he does not appear to say anything to him which would imply that he perceived his falsehood hippias what do you mean socrates socrates did you not observe that afterwards when he is speaking to odysseus he says that he will sail away with the early dawn but to ajax he tells quite a different story hippias where is that socrates where he says i will not think about bloody war until the son of warlike priam illustrious hector comes to the tents and ships of the myrmidons slaughtering the argives and burning the ships with fire and about my tent and dark ship i suspect that hector although eager for the battle will nevertheless stay his hand now do you really think hippias that the son of thetis who had been the pupil of the sage chiron had such a bad memory or would have carried the art of lying to such an extent when he had been assailing liars in the most violent terms only an instant before as to say to odysseus that he would sail away and to ajax that he would remain and that he was not rather practising upon the simplicity of odysseus whom he regarded as an ancient and thinking that he would get the better of him by his own cunning and falsehood hippias no i do not agree with you socrates but i believe that achilles is induced to say one thing to ajax and another to odysseus in the innocence of his heart whereas odysseus whether he speaks falsely or truly speaks always with a purpose socrates then odysseus would appear after all to be better than achilles hippias certainly not socrates socrates why were not the voluntary liars only just now shown to be better than the involuntary hippias and how socrates can those who intentionally err and voluntarily and designedly commit iniquities be better than those who err and do wrong involuntarily surely there is a great excuse to be made for a man telling a falsehood or doing an injury or any sort of harm to another in ignorance and the laws are obviously far more severe on those who lie or do evil voluntarily than on those who do evil involuntarily socrates you see hippias as i have already told you how pertinacious i am in asking questions of wise men 
and I think that that is the only good point about me, for I am full of defects, and always getting wrong in some way or other. My deficiency is proved to me by the fact that when I meet one of you who are famous for wisdom, and to whose wisdom all the Hellenes are witnesses, I am found out to know nothing. For speaking generally, I hardly ever have the same opinion about anything which you have. And what proof of ignorance can be greater than to differ from wise men? But I have one singular good quality, which is my salvation. I am not ashamed to learn, and I ask and inquire, and am very grateful to those who answer me, and never fail to give them my grateful thanks. And when I learn a thing, I never deny my teacher, or pretend that the lesson is a discovery of my own, but I praise his wisdom and proclaim what I have learned from him. And now I cannot agree in what you are saying, but I strongly disagree. Well, I know that this is my own fault, and is a defect in my character, but I will not pretend to be more than I am. And my opinion, Hippias, is the very contrary of what you are saying, for I maintain that those who hurt or injure mankind, and speak falsely and deceive, and err voluntarily are better far than those who do wrong involuntarily sometimes however i am of the opposite opinion for i am all abroad in my ideas about this matter a condition obviously occasioned by ignorance and just now i happen to be in a crisis of my disorder at which those who err voluntarily appear to me better than those who err involuntarily my present state of mind is due to our previous argument, which inclines me to believe that in general those who do wrong involuntarily are worse than those who do wrong voluntarily, and therefore I hope that you will be good to me, and not refuse to heal me, for you will do me a much greater benefit if you cure my soul of ignorance, for you will do me a much greater benefit if you cure my soul of ignorance than you would if you were to cure my body of disease. I must, however, tell you beforehand, that if you make a long oration to me, you will not cure me, for I shall not be able to follow you. But if you will answer me, as you did just now, you will do me a great deal of good, and I do not think that you will be any the worse yourself. And I have some claim upon you also, O son of Apamantus, for you incited me to converse with Hippias, and now, if Hippias will not answer me, you must entreat him on my behalf. Eutychus, but I do not think, Socrates, that Hippias will require any entreaty of mine, for he has already said that he will refuse to answer no man. Did you not say so, Hippias? Hippias, yes, I did. But then, Eutychus, Socrates is always troublesome in an argument, and appears to be dishonest. Parentheses, compare Gorgias, Republic. End of parentheses. Socrates. Excellent, Hippias. I do not do so intentionally. If I did, it would show me to be a wise man, and a master of wiles, as you would argue, but unintentionally. And therefore you must pardon me, for as you say, he who is unintentionally dishonest should be pardoned. Eutychus, yes, Hippias, do as he says, and for our sake, 
and also that you may not belie your profession answer whatever socrates asks you hippias i will answer as you request me and do you ask whatever you like socrates i am very desirous hippias of examining this question as to which are the better those who err voluntarily or involuntarily and if you will answer me i think that i can put you in the way of approaching the subject you would admit would you not that there are good runners hippias yes socrates and there are bad runners hippias yes socrates and he who runs well is a good runner and he who runs ill is a bad runner hippias very true socrates and he who runs slowly runs ill and he who runs quickly runs well hippias yes socrates then in a race and in running swiftness is a good and slowness is an evil quality hippias to be sure socrates which of the two then is a better runner he who runs slowly voluntarily or he who runs slowly involuntarily hippias he who runs slowly voluntarily socrates and is not running a species of doing hippias certainly socrates and if a species of doing a species of action hippias yes socrates then he who runs badly does a bad and dishonourable action in a race hippias yes a bad action certainly socrates and he who runs slowly runs badly hippias yes socrates then the good runner does this bad and disgraceful action voluntarily and the bad involuntarily hippias that is to be inferred socrates then he who involuntarily does evil actions is worse in a race than he who does them voluntarily hippias yes in a race socrates well but at a wrestling match which is the better wrestler he who falls voluntarily or involuntarily hippias he who falls voluntarily doubtless socrates and is it worse or more dishonourable at a wrestling match to fall or to throw another hippias to fall socrates then at a wrestling match he who voluntarily does base and dishonourable actions is a better wrestler than he who does them involuntarily hippias that appears to be the truth socrates and what would you say of any other bodily exercise is not he who is better made able to do both that which is strong and that which is weak that which is fair and that which is foul so that when he does bad actions with the body he who is better made does them voluntarily and he who is worse made does them involuntarily hippias yes that appears to be true about strength socrates and what do you say about grace hippias is not he who is better made able to assume evil and disgraceful figures and postures voluntarily as he who is worse made assumes them involuntarily hippias true socrates then voluntary ungracefulness comes from excellence of the bodily frame and involuntary from the defect of the bodily frame hippias true socrates and what would you say of an unmusical voice would you prefer the voice which is voluntarily or involuntarily out of tune hippias that which is voluntarily out of tune socrates the involuntary is the worse of the two hippias yes 
Socrates, and would you choose to possess goods or evils? Hippias, goods. Socrates, and would you rather have feet which are voluntarily or involuntarily lame? Hippias, feet which are voluntarily lame. Socrates, but is not lameness a defect or deformity? Hippias, yes. Socrates, and is not blinking a defect in the eyes? Hippias, yes. Socrates, and would you rather always have eyes with which you might voluntarily blink and not see, or with which you might involuntarily blink? Hippias, I would rather have eyes which voluntarily blink. Socrates, then in your own case you deem that which voluntarily acts ill better than that which involuntarily acts ill. Hippias, yes, certainly, in cases such as you mention. Socrates, and does not the same hold of ears, nostrils, mouth, and of all the senses? Those which involuntarily act ill are not to be desired, as being defective, and those which voluntarily act ill are to be desired, as being good. Hippias, I agree. Socrates, and what would you say of instruments, which are the better sort of instruments to have, to do with? Those with which a man acts ill voluntarily or involuntarily. For example, had a man better have a rudder with which he will steer ill, voluntarily or involuntarily? Hippias, he had better have a rudder with which he will steer ill voluntarily. Socrates, and does not the same hold of the bow and the lyre, the flute, and all other things? Hippias, very true. Socrates, and would you rather have a horse of such a temper that you may ride him ill voluntarily or involuntarily? Hippias, I would rather have a horse which I could ride ill voluntarily. Socrates, that would be the better horse? Hippias, yes. Socrates, then with a horse of better temper, vicious actions would be produced voluntarily, and with a horse of bad temper, involuntarily. Hippias, certainly. Socrates, and that would be true of a dog, or of any other animal. Hippias, yes. Socrates, and is it better to possess the mind of an archer who voluntarily or involuntarily misses the mark? Hippias, of him who voluntarily misses. Socrates, this would be the better mind for the purposes of archery. Hippias, yes. Socrates, then the mind which involuntarily errs is worse than the mind which errs voluntarily. Hippias, yes, certainly, in the use of the bow. Socrates, and what would you say of the art of medicine? Has not the mind which voluntarily works harm to the body? more of the healing art hippias yes socrates then in the art of medicine the voluntary is better than the involuntary hippias yes socrates well and in lute playing and in flute playing and in all arts and sciences is not that mind the better which voluntarily does what is evil and dishonourable and goes wrong and is not the worse that which does so involuntarily? Hippias, that is evident. Socrates, and what would you say of the characters of slaves? Should we not prefer to have those who voluntarily do wrong, and make mistakes, 
and are they not better in their mistakes than those who commit them involuntarily hippias yes socrates and should we not desire to have our own minds in the best state possible hippias yes socrates and will our minds be better if they do wrong and make mistakes voluntarily or involuntarily hippias o socrates it would be a monstrous thing to say that those who do wrong voluntarily are better than those who do wrong involuntarily socrates and yet that appears to be the only inference hippias i do not think so socrates but i imagined hippias that you did please to answer once more is not justice a power or knowledge or both must not justice at all events be one of these hippias yes socrates but if justice is a power of the soul then the soul which has the greater power is also the more just for that which has the greater power my good friend has been proved by us to be the better hippias yes that has been proved socrates and if justice is knowledge then the wiser will be the juster soul and the more ignorant the more unjust hippias yes socrates but if justice be power as well as knowledge then will not the soul which has both knowledge and power be the more just and that which is the more ignorant be the more unjust must it not be so hippias clearly socrates and is not the soul which has the greater power and wisdom also better and better able to do both good and evil in every action hippias certainly socrates the soul then which acts ill acts voluntarily by power and art and these either one or both of them are elements of justice hippias that seems to be true socrates and to do injustice is to do ill and not to do injustice is to do well hippias yes socrates and will not the better and abler soul when it does wrong do wrong voluntarily and the bad soul involuntarily hippias clearly socrates and the good man is he who has the good soul and the bad man is he who has the bad hippias yes socrates then the good man will voluntarily do wrong and the bad man involuntarily if the good man is he who has the good soul hippias which he certainly has socrates then hippias he who voluntarily does wrong and disgraceful things if there be such a man will be the good man hippias there i cannot agree with you socrates nor can i agree with myself hippias and yet that seems to be the conclusion which as far as we can see at present must follow from our argument as i was saying before i am all abroad and being in perplexity am always changing my opinion now that i or any ordinary man should wander in perplexity is not surprising but if you wise men also wander and we cannot come to you and rest from our wandering the matter begins to be serious both to us and to you end of part two Recording 
by Kevin Johnson. End of Lesser Hippias by Plato. Translated by Benjamin Jowett.